Thanks for checking out the Relentless Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We are in the final week of a series that we've called Whisper. Everybody say, Whisper. But we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about this concept of Whisper. And now, if you weren't here, the quick, short recap version is, of it is that week one we talked about a guy named Moses. Anybody heard of Moses? Yeah? The thing we talked about is that Moses was in a, a particular place at a particular time, and God whispered, he spoke to his life. Now, if you've been around church, or maybe you know anybody that's been around church, you probably heard that God talked to Moses the very first time through a burning bush, a shrub that literally caught fire but didn't burn. God spoke through that, and it was a cool experience. Uh, and so we talked a little bit about that. Last week, we talked about this other dude in the Bible named Elijah. Not our guitar player, Elijah, but uh, another guy in the Bible, the Old Testament, named Elijah. Everybody say, Elijah. Elijah. We talked about Elijah was the dude who was like the prophet. Everybody say prophet. prophet. He was the prophet, meaning he was the guy that God spoke to him, and then he would do what God said. He'd tell people what God said to tell them and all that. It was a cool thing. We talked about how Elijah, when we picked up his story last week, is coming off of what should have been the biggest victory of his life. He spent his whole life up until this point trying to convince people that God is real and legit and should be served and worshipped and all this kind of stuff. He's been doing this his whole life, and he finally has this big contest, this big moment to step up and prove that God is who he says he is, and God comes through. And so Elijah is like, yes, finally, my life's work will be complete. All these people will have no doubt that God is real. They're just going to follow him. Done. Except that that doesn't happen. They witness, they see God do this amazing thing. He literally sends fire from the, from the heavens. And what should be a victory for Elijah ends up being more of a defeat. Because the people, even though they see it, they don't really change. And the leadership isn't just threatened or intimidated because God is real. They actually just to say, you know what? Maybe he's real, maybe he's not, but we want you dead. And so Elijah goes into hiding, and he's in this very low moment of his life. He cries out for God, and the scriptures we read last week talk about how God responds. And he responds not in this crazy earthquake, not in the fire, not in the wind, but as a whisper. He whispers into his life. In the midst of all the chaos, a quiet whisper is the way God chooses to speak to Elijah. It's a big moment because sometimes in our life we look for the powerful moments of God. We look for God to do these crazy things. We need God to really, like we're like, God, show yourself to me in a huge, crazy way. And God, even though he can do that, doesn't communicate with us like that. Sometimes he does. But most often the way God communicates to us is through a whisper. So this week I wanted to wrap up this series not talking about a person or their life, but talking about what I consider to be the most important aspect of this entire series, and that is the whisper, or how I'm phrasing it this week. You'll see it on the screen. The whisper is everything. Everybody say everything. Say everything. The whisper is everything. Now, we've been working under this concept, and maybe some of you have heard this before here, maybe, or somewhere else. Maybe this is a new concept to you, but I firmly believe it, and what I'm wanting to uh, talk us through through this whole series, is that God, his voice whispers to our lives every day. Every day. Prayer isn't just like a, like an occasional thing. And, and I don't mean prayer as in like, oh, I'm about to eat some food, good bread, good meat, 
God, good God, let's eat. You know that? Like you pray over your food or you never heard that? Some of y'all heard that. You know, or I'm not talking about God, thank you for the food. Amen. That's not the kind of prayer I'm talking about. Or I'm not talking about God. Here's all the things going on in my life. I need your help with God. Please don't help me fail this test. Please help that person to think I'm cute. Please help me not to trip over my backpack in the middle of everybody. Amen. I'm not talking about that kind of prayer. I'm talking about the kind of prayer where God's voice speaks to you. Now, some of you are like, okay, some of you are thinking that's crazy. And it might seem a little bit crazy, but what if the God who created everything, who knows everything, who's there in the past, the present, and the future, wanted to speak to you on a daily basis about your life? That would kind of change some things, I think, in your world. It's, it's hard to be lost when he's speaking to you. It's hard to not know what your next step is when he's speaking to you. And so these are kind of the things that I feel like we want to uh, talk a little bit more. I kind of want to unpack this concept of the whispers, everything. So to, to understand that, you got to know a couple things. I mentioned them last week, but I want to kind of talk through them as we get into it. You all right so far? Say yeah. yeah. All right, good. So the first thing you got to know, number one, is that a whisper requires you to be close. You ever try to whisper to somebody across the, the room? If you were to go to the back of the room without this microphone and I was to try and whisper to you, for you to hear it, I can't whisper it. You have to be close to me. You cannot hear someone whispering if you're far away. And in the same way in our lives with Jesus, it's really hard to hear him if we've put distance between us and him. Now, that, I hope that that hits home for some of you because that's the truth. Notice I didn't say that God moves far away from us because we know from reading scripture and from walking out our own lives that God never leaves us or forsakes us. His scripture says that. But we personally can choose to distance ourselves from him, to keep him away from us. And so sometimes in your life, we, we push God away. We, we move him out of our, our circle. We push him further outside of our sphere of life. And then we, something happens and all of a sudden we want to pray and we want to hear God. Well, if God's whispering and we've pushed him way far away, then it's no surprise we can't hear him. Sometimes we feel like we don't hear God when God is speaking, but we've pushed him so far away, we can't hear him over all the other stuff. So you got to know a whisper requires you to be close. The closeness required also means that you've got to be comfortable with the whisperer. Let me give you an example. Have you ever had somebody you don't know come up and whisper something to you? Very creepy, right? I don't even care. I'm not even talking like some creepy dude with like this like mustache. Never mind. Drives a van. I don't know. But I'm not talking about like super creepy people. I'm talking about just somebody you don't know or unexpected. Like the other day, I said the other day, it was a while back. But like one of my, one of my kids friends, like a little kid walks up to me and was like, and tried to whisper something. And I was like, who are you? Like, I don't know you kid. Don't whisper in my ear. Like, I don't know where your breath has been. I don't know if you like eat paint or something like get like, I don't know. Get back up, back up. Just tell me something about it. Maybe it's just me, but something about a, a, an unknown whisper in my ear kind of creeps me out a little bit. So in the same way that we've got to be familiar with the person whispering to us, we got to be familiar with God. Not that he's going to creep you out, but it's, it's unfamiliar. It's uncomfortable when you don't know the person whispering. Second thing you got to know, everybody say number two, number two. A whisper implies respect. So whispering means you're showing respect to something. What I mean is like, if you're in a crowded room like this room right now and you're whispering, it's because you're respecting the fact that I'm talking and you shouldn't be, or you're respecting the people around you who are trying to listen. 
Or uh, maybe you're whispering sometimes to uh, respect the information that's being whispered. Like whispering for dramatic effect. I had, we had this coach growing up, and, and not my dad, because my dad, if you've heard me tell stories, my dad was my coach in a lot of sports. But we had this other coach, uh, it was my baseball coach, who was like a, a dramatic, like he, he, you could tell he had like studied all the like sports movies and like famous coaches, because he'd give us like the pregame speech, and he's like, all right, team. And it was like, he talks normally right here, but whenever he gave the speech, he would just be like, all right, guys, here's what we're going to do. And it was like, are you whispering for dramatic effect? Because I think like we're in a normal place, but that's what he did. Why? Because he wanted to create respect for what information he was about to share with us, for the pep talk he was about to share to us. And that's kind of a cheesy way to think about it. But whispering, God's whisper, he, it implies respect. When he whispers into our lives, it's for several reasons. One of those is because he wants you to respect what it is he's saying to your life. Third thing you got to know. Everybody say third thing. This half of the room's awake. Everybody say third thing. Good, good. There you go. A whisper is intentional. Say intentional. I said this last week, but it's still true. You don't accidentally whisper. Most people do not just like go to say something and it whispers. Like that's weird. You just say something. Now, maybe like if you have to like clear your throat at the same time you're trying to speak, I I get that. But you usually don't whisper on accident. It's an intentional choice. You whisper on purpose. And so it is with God. We don't accidentally learn to listen to God. Now, occasionally we read stories in the Bible where God doesn't whisper to people. He shouts in a way at people. But you don't want that in your life because Every single occurrence in the Bible in which God has to, in some way, shout at somebody's life, it's not a good thing. I think of like the Apostle Paul, who is literally on his way to deliver, uh, what do you call them, like uh, reports where they go out and they find Christians and kill them, death sentences. And in the middle of his journey, God's like, hey, basically, blinds him. Yeah, yeah, he yells at him, but that's a different kind. This was like the not good. This is like when your mom yells at you. Like when she walks in, when you're supposed to like clean your room, she's told you 87 times and she walks in and it's not clean. And you just like, she middle names you from like the other end of the house. And you're like, oh God, you just know. Like my kids know, they can sense the tone whenever I call them. And I'm like, Allie. And she's like, what dad? Or when I'm like, Allie. Now that's not how it actually sounds. This is like the fake version in the moment. Some of y'all heard dad voice. In the moment, on Saturday for Fine Arts, you heard it. Man, I, which kid was it? Do you remember? It was Dash. Yeah. It, it's, it scares me sometimes. Um, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. If God shouts at you, it's, it's not good. Because God communicates with us when he loves us through the whisper mindset. So if God shouts at you, you don't want that. To hear the whisper of God, you've got to learn to quiet everything else. Sometimes that means externally. Sometimes you got a lot of stuff going on. If I'm trying to pray, I'm a silenced person. I I don't like to have noise going on because I like to be able to hear myself think or rather hear God kind of talk to me. Christy's different. Christy likes music. That's cool. I'm not talking about that necessarily on the external. I'm talking about internal. For you to be able to hear God, you've got to learn to quiet your mind. And for some of us, that's hard. We got a thousand different things going on in our brain. Even if we're in a room by ourselves, If we're in a room with other people or other things and there's all kinds of stuff going on, it can be so hard to quiet our minds. And yet that's the only way that we'll be able to hear, as the Bible refers to it, the whisper 
in the chaos. That chaos isn't external always, it's internal. It's all the chaos going on in your brain. You have to be able to hear the whisper in the middle of all that. So here's what I want to do. I want to dig into, and this is, um, some of you will love this, and some of you will be like, really? We're about to go on a history lesson. But I promise you, it won't be like a boring class history lesson. But I want to show you something, because I think um, I want to give you a little bit of context for what we're talking about when we talk about whisper. And I, and I, want, to, I, want, to, I want to make a point that I hope changes your understanding about the way God communicates. And that is, I want to look at the word whisper. I want to look at that word. Everybody say whisper. I just said say it, so you're fine. Anyway, now here's the thing. Normally, I kind of poke fun at the people that are like, whisper in the Greek means, and they go into this like thing about, but I do want to point out a couple things to you tonight, because this word whisper that we read in first Kings, where we talk about Elijah has two different, uh, has two different translations. So in the old Testament, if you didn't know this, the the older, the the first half of the Bible, for those of you that maybe aren't familiar with it, all that originally is written in what language? Anybody know? Hebrew. Hebrew. Good. In the new Testament, it's all written in what? Good. Now, So because of that, you have two different words. You have a Hebrew word and a Greek word. Here's what I want to look at. The word whisper, everybody say whisper. Oh, come on, whisper. Whisper. There we go. This side of the room is killing it. You guys, step it up, Elijah. I see you now. All right, so we're going to learn some Hebrew. You ready? All right, so the Hebrew word, and we'll put it up there. The Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. It sounds like you're about to vomit, right? Ruach. Ruach. And the Greek word is pneuma. 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 It literally has a new. I don't know why, but, you know, Greeks are crazy. What are you going to do? Now, you will probably not remember that or care what the Hebrew or the Greek word is. And that's totally okay. But what I want to show you is this. Shh. Quiet down. What I want to show you is this. That word whisper in the Hebrew and in the Greek is found in many, many different places throughout the Bible. I want to show you a couple things through that. All right? So let me show you the first one. In Genesis 1, verse 1. Anybody know it? It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says this. The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That word spirit right there, that word is the same word of whisper. Ruach. God bless you. That word spirit. So at the very beginning of all things, that word whisper is there. The whisper, the Spirit of God, the voice of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. That's Genesis 1. We're going to jump ahead to 1 Kings 19, where we talked about Elijah last week. And you'll see it right here. It says, And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast, the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. That, that phrase, gentle whisper, ruach. So the same spirit that was over the... You can do it again. Ruach. Bless you. The same spirit that was in Genesis is in 1 Kings 19. Stick with me because I got a couple more, but I want to tie all this up. Zechariah 4.6. A couple uh, uh, decades, I think it's like a hundred and some odd years later. Prophet Zechariah, different prophet, is having a vision 
God is literally giving him information, like downloading it into his brain. And this is what he says. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. That's a person. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, or says God. That word, spirit, the same word, ruach, whisper. Okay, keep going. Isaiah 6, 8, one of my very favorite verses of all time. Isaiah, another prophet later in life, is being talked to. He's being spoken to by God. He's being, he's seeing all these things. Go to the Isaiah wind, Ruth. Where's it at? There it is. Also, this is uh, Isaiah talking. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and whom will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. That word, the voice of the Lord Ruach, whisper, same thing. Keep going. Matthew 3.11. Now in the New Testament, we pick up with John the Baptist. You guys heard of that guy in church? I'm going somewhere with this. So if you're starting to fall asleep on me, I'm wrapping it up. John the Baptist is talking and he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. He's talking about Jesus. So much greater than I'm not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Holy Spirit is the Greek version, pneuma, that also means whisper. And next one, Acts 1.8, pneuma. Acts 1.8, here we go. Jesus again is talking and he's telling the, the disciples and the New Testament people, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. Holy Spirit, pneuma. And you will be, what, what's the rest of it? Telling me about everything. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Last one, Acts 2-4. If you've been around, you probably have heard this one, but basically it's the upper room. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Filled with the Holy Spirit, pneuma, as the Spirit, pneuma, enabled them. God's Spirit, His whisper can be traced from the beginning of time, from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the, the book of Acts, where God imparts his Holy Spirit into his followers and tells them to go. Now, there's more instances throughout the Bible. We didn't have time to get into all of them, but I want you to see that this isn't just something that takes place in Acts and you go, oh, well, the Holy Spirit shows up there for the first time. No, from the very beginning, God's Spirit, his whisper is speaking to his people in various ways at various times, but consistent across all his Bible. His word. It's a common thread that ties our natural lives to his supernatural life. It was there at the beginning and it is there for you now. See, we can carry with us in this day and age his voice, his whisper, his Holy Spirit that spoke to so many people throughout time. Missing this, in my opinion, is why so many Christians or so many uh, churches seem powerless. Have you ever met a Christian that says they're a Christian, but they don't really seem like they're a Christian? But don't act like Christ? Somebody brilliant said that. I remember who that was. Brilliant. You ever seen a Christian that says they're a Christian, but doesn't really seem like a Christian? Or you ever seen a, a group of people that say they are Christian, but they don't really seem like they're a Christian? Maybe have you ever heard... Uh, that heard some things about God, but, but it just didn't seem like that was the case. Like sometimes 
people have this impression about Christians that, that we talk about the power of prayer, but our prayer seems powerless. Or maybe we talk about the power to impact the world, but it seems like we're not making much of an impact. We talk about the power to change the minds and the hearts of people around us, but our, maybe we're not changing the minds and the hearts. See, I think sometimes people know about Christ, they know of Christ, but they don't go the step further and know the Holy Spirit, the whisper of God in their lives. So many people have issues with church that, in my opinion, all come from the feeling that it's powerless. What if the people that follow Jesus, the people that said they're Christians that follow him, only seem powerless because they know of Jesus, but they don't know the Holy Spirit? In fact, Jesus himself in John chapter 16 says these words to his disciples. It's on the screen. Jesus is talking. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I, Jesus, go away. It's best for you that I go away. You know me. Great. You believe in me. But it's best that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate, that's another word for the Holy Spirit, the helper, the friend, the companion, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. See, I believe that life changes in a dramatic and profound way when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, to to conjoin with our spirit, with our soul, and lead us, speak to us, whisper to us on a daily basis. It's not accidental, it is intentional, but when we allow His Holy Spirit to fill us up, things shift in our life. You don't believe me? Ask anybody who's ever been filled with the Holy Spirit in a church service or otherwise. They'll tell you something changes in that moment. Now, sometimes we read about Scripture and we see in person where people speak in tongues, like they start to speak in tongues. That's a very common thing. It's not an absolute right away. There are exceptions. But everything changes when the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of God, the whisper of God begins to enter your life. The other thing I want you to know is that in every verse that we just talked through and looked at, something significant happens that I think is worth looking at. Um, In every verse, when the Holy Spirit enters those people's lives or speaks to those people, something immediate happens. The changes are immediate. Right off the bat, it's not like, and they were filled with the Spirit, and then over the years they got, you know, instructions and things happened. No, no, no. Literally the next verse in every single one of those verses, something big happens. In Genesis 1, 2, we read about the spirit. In Genesis 1, 3, God immediately says, let there be light. Things are created immediately after his spirit enters the world. In 1 Kings 19, as as soon as Elijah hears that whisper, God speaks to Elijah. He asks him a question, directs his thoughts, and then tells him to go. He anoints the next leaders. He finds his apprentice who will succeed him. He does all this stuff only after the whisper of God enters his life. Zechariah immediately is instructed to crown the next king. Isaiah is told, is given a specific message to go tell his people. John the Baptist gets to baptize Jesus and, and literally starts his ministry at that moment as soon as he allows the Holy Spirit to move through him, the voice of God to speak through him. And we have talked about it often, but in Acts 2, from the moment the Holy Spirit enters their lives in that moment, the disciples are forever different. Peter literally goes from being a dude who doesn't even like to admit in public that he serves Jesus to a guy who stands up and preaches to thousands of people and gets them saved. Everything changes when we allow the Holy Spirit to filter into our lives. In every instance, 
people encounter the Spirit of God, they allow Him to whisper to Him, and they are given instruction on the way forward. And it not only changes their lives forever, but it changes the lives of the people they impact. So you want to know how to change your life? you got to know the Holy Spirit. You want to know how to change the lives of the people around you, your family, your friends, those you go to school with, whatever? you got to know the Holy Spirit. You want to know how to see miracles and crazy, like God, big things happen in your life? The Holy Spirit. You want to know what your life is meant for, what, what your purpose is, what your direction is? Know the Holy Spirit. Listen for the whisper of God. He leads, guides, instructs, comforts, warns, directs, and encourages us all the time. He is the single greatest key to moving the followers of Jesus from a group of people that talk about Jesus to a group of people that act and do the things of Jesus. So here's where I want to close out. I want to ask you, will you be willing to take your rightful place? Not because you did anything to earn it, but because Jesus earned it for you. Will you allow God to whisper into your life? Will you allow the Spirit of God to fill your life? Inhabit your soul. Like I said, just like a whisper, it's not accidental. You're not just going to accidentally get filled with the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden God lives like, inhabits your spirit. And you're like, oh yeah, I'm so glad that happened. It's an intentional choice. And is it a little bit unusual at first? Weird? Absolutely. It should be though. I've said it before. If you keep living the same way, you'll keep getting the same results. Why not allow the Holy Spirit to start to be a part of your life, to lead and direct and instruct you and watch him lead you in the way you were meant to live? That's what we were designed for. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more from Relentless, hit subscribe or check us out on Instagram or Facebook.